Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. I love, I love to hear uh, some of the neat stories that are coming out of the, the youth group um, this last Wednesday. Uh, youth group starts at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, goes from 7 till 9, right? And uh, this last Wednesday, four girls showed up at 5.30 and they came in. And uh, the one girl, I think the one girl had brought her three brand new friends. And uh, Pastor Nate has a permission form for parents to sign um, and so the one girl brought her three friends to pick up three permission forms so they can get them signed before they came back that night. Isn't that cool? It's just so cool. And, uh, and, and uh, there's several of them that are not churched at all, right? And so they're hearing about Jesus for the first time. What a neat thing. We have a great opportunity, don't we, to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell people about who he is. It's neat that that's happening. Well, today is a good day, even though we don't have water, and I apologize, we don't have any water in the building. There's water outside all over the place, which is great, uh, but no water in the building. Um, and the, you, Pastor Amy already announced that the town is doing uh, some infrastructure work, and today is a perfect day for them to shut down the water on Main Street. Not so perfect for us, but that's okay. I don't know about you, uh, but when, uh, when I know there's no water... I get thirsty. Do you get, is your mouth a little dry right now? I don't know if you brought water from home. Uh, is it, I don't know if that's just me. Is that a weird thing? Anybody else experience that a little bit? Some people have shown me their water bottles. That's good. How about this? Maybe it's not thirst that you're experiencing right now. Maybe you know you can't use the washrooms. And maybe there's something else that you're experiencing. Maybe there's some sort of urgency in you. And I won't stick on this topic for very long because it might cause some problems. But anybody all of a sudden feel this urgent need to use the washroom and can't do that? Those of you that are at home, you guys have nice facilities at your places, I'm sure, and that's wonderful. But can you, can you consider, maybe you've had your water turned off here recently because the town has been doing this a lot, and when the water turned off, maybe you thought, oh no, what am I going to do for supper? And you feel this urgency, what am I going to do about the washroom? Up until you heard that we didn't have any water, maybe there was no problem But as soon as you begin to think about it, there's this urgency that's built in us. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I've been thinking all this week about our sermon subject for today. We are in the middle of our Why series, and today we're talking about why healing? Why healing? And I've been asking Jesus, Jesus, can you give me some kind of a revelation this week? What do you want me to speak about? What do you want me to talk about? And then I got this email about not having water. And I thought, hmm, I began to look around and I began to look at our world and began to see some of the difficulties we're going through. And I began to realize there's a whole lot of things that we're not experiencing very much healing on these days. And it started to get me hungry. It started to get me thirsty. Because, oh God, we need some healing. We need some healing. And I'm not just talking about physical healing, though physical healing is is certainly something that is included in our salvation. 
And people we love right here in this congregation, in this community, are suffering with cancer and weakness and bowel issues and heart problems and Alzheimer's and all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And there seems to be a lack of healing. We also need, though, emotional healing. People are struggling right now today with isolation and loneliness and fear and anxiety and sadness and all kinds of emotional struggles. And, oh God, we need emotional healing. We need psychological healing. People are struggling with mental health, BPD, ADHD, OCD, depression, and all kinds of other mental struggles. And, oh God, we need psychological healing today. And we need social, societal healing our society is, is struggling with a lack of truth and reconciliation. Racism seems to divide us. Political warfare is rampant. People are at each, each, people are at each other's throats. Uh, there's large-scale division within our communities and, and, goodness gracious, within our churches. And, oh God, we need societal healing. And I look around at all these things, and it gets me thirsty. It gets me hungry for healing. Because, oh God, we need healing. What happens in you when you look around at the distress and the unrest and, and the division, at the pain and the anguish? What happens in your heart when you look around and you see these things? When you see our world hurting and people struggling, does it begin to move you in a way that you feel hungry and thirsty for healing? You want something to be done. And compassion begins to boil up within you. When you see your family members struggling with disease and sickness, do you, do you feel hunger? Do you experience the urgent need in our world today for healing? When Jesus saw the anguish around him, so many times, read through scripture again, as you see people coming to Jesus for healing. Often, 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 it says, and Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. So my question today is, does your heart cry out? Oh God, we need your healing. What's the area for you? What, what area are you currently experiencing this urgent need for healing? What area are you currently experiencing this compassionate move right now? Just think right now. Think in your own mind. What is an area that right now God has placed upon my heart where I need to see healing? Whether it's for yourself, for your friend or family member, whether it's societal or psychological or mental healing. What is the area that God is placing upon your heart right now where he's building a hunger in you to see some healing? If you're hungry for healing today, for yourself, for your friend, for the world, just turn to the person next to you and just say, we need God's healing. Those of you at home, turn to the person next to you and say, we need God's healing. Everyone's trying to figure out a way out of the mess that we find ourselves in today. We find ourselves in a rough place. And everybody's trying to figure out how are we going to do this? Are we going to do this with some medical intervention? Are we going to do this by shutting things down or, or moving people to different spaces? How are we going to solve the mess that we find ourselves in today? And it, and it is a messy mess. It's a messy mess. And when we look at the mess, we can sometimes get demoralized, can't we? It can, it can get 
it can get downright depressing. Maybe you look around you and you've become distraught at the state of the world. The problems seem gigantic and almost too big for us to handle. Or you look around at the state of your family or the state of your own self and it begins to weigh upon you heavily. We find ourselves at a moment in history where we can easily fall into hopelessness and depression. We can easily fall into hopelessness and depression. But, oh, church, this is also a moment where we can rise up in hunger for healing. Because when Jesus came, he came to save. When Jesus came, he came to save. He came to save. And not just spiritually. Not just spiritually. I want you to look at something here because it is really super exciting. And if you haven't heard this before, you're going to be very excited by this news. In the Greek, the word translated as to save is the Greek word sozo. Almost every time you see the word save in the New Testament, it comes from the Greek word sozo. Jesus came to save. Jesus came to sozo. And sozo is not just translated as save. It's also translated as other words as well. Here are the other words it's translated as. Sozo means to save, but it also means to heal and to deliver. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Jesus came to sozo. It doesn't just mean to save. It means to heal, and it means to deliver. Here's some examples. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, here's what the Apostle Paul records. He says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be sozo, saved. Here the word is used to point to spiritual healing. This is a common verse that we use. If you want to have a justification, if you want to be, be right with God, if you want to come into eternal life, this is what you do. If you want to be saved to come into eternal life with God, this is what you do. So this is this spiritual healing. But look here also in Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if, only, if I only touch his cloak, I will be sozo, healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has sozo, healed you. And the woman was sozo healed at that moment. Now here it's not spiritual. Here the word sozo is used to point to this physical healing. This woman was physically healed. But wait. There's more. Look here also at this story. You guys may know the story of the demoniac. This guy that was filled with, with all kinds of demons. Here's his story, the end of his story, in Luke chapter 8. When they, and this is other people around, when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been sozo, cured. Now, depending on your translation, this word is also translated as healed, made well, or cured. Different ways that this word is translated here in this passage. But from the context, we know that what the sozo word means here is that this man was delivered. He was delivered from his demonic torment. 
In these passages and many others, the Greek word sozo is used to describe what happens when Jesus heals us spiritually and physically and even delivers us from demonic torment. This is the word that's used, sozo. Now, the reason I emphasize that this word sozo is meant, uh, is translated as salvation and healing and deliverance is because I think that sometimes we try to limit what Jesus did for us on the cross to a purely spiritual matter. We try to say that Jesus came to give us eternal life and that's it. And we cut it off. We stop it there. But in fact, that's not the only reason that Jesus came. We turn the death of Jesus into a purely spiritual event, and we don't realize that Jesus came not just to bring us salvation. Jesus also came to bring us healing and deliverance. One of the famous passages that we bring up often is from Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet, and he wrote lots of amazing things. And in Isaiah chapter 53, here's what Isaiah prophesies, speaking prophetically of the coming of Jesus Christ. Isaiah says, Surely he, and he's speaking of Jesus, though he doesn't know Jesus yet, but he's speaking about Jesus in the future. He says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Now, you can try to over-spiritualize this passage and say that Isaiah is talking about purely spiritual matters here, but the Gospel of Matthew would disagree with you. Scripture would disagree with you. Look at this moment from Matthew, one where Jesus is healing all the people that were coming to him. He healed them physically, and he delivered them from demonic torment. And here's what the passage says in Matthew chapter 8. When evening came... Many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. See, Jesus came not just to bring spiritual salvation to us, but to also bring physical healing and demonic deliverance. We believe this so much that we include it in our church logo. So I don't know if you've seen this church logo before. It's, it's up on the wall there. It's in our bulletin. It's on our sign outside. We try to put it all over the place. And if you don't know what this church logo is all about, here's what it's all about. We believe that Jesus has come to fulfill kind of a fourfold gospel, right? Our primary way that we interact with Jesus is as Jesus our, as our Savior, but also as Jesus as our sanctifier, the one that makes us holy. Also, Jesus is our coming king, the one who's going to come back and rule and reign for all of eternity. But also, Jesus as our healer. Jesus is our healer, the one who heals us, not just spiritually, but also physically, and also gives us demonic deliverance. Jesus has come to heal us, body, soul, and spirit. And not just us. The good news is not just good news for us. Jesus has come to heal our communities and our land as well. We read in Romans chapter 8 that creation itself, 
Creation itself groans and longs to be let loose from its bondage. Creation is, has been struck under the curse of sin and longs for deliverance to happen. Longs for its deliverance. In Revelation chapter 22, look at, look at what sits in the middle of the new city of God. This is such an amazing passage. In Revelation chapter 22, here's what John the apostle sees in the middle of the city of God. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Isn't that cool? The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. For the healing of the nations. God has planted in his new city trees whose leaves are meant for the healing of the nations. Oh God, we hunger and we thirst for that type of healing. We hunger and we thirst for that type of healing. Not just spiritual, not just physical, uh, not just uh, demonic deliverance, but for the nations to be healed. For the nations to be healed. Wouldn't that be something? Do you hunger for the nations to be healed? We, my wife and I and our family spent two months in Cambodia with YWAM. And uh, I don't know if you know of the atrocities that happened in, in, in Cambodia with Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge and that kind of stuff. They came, they came through and they tried to institute communism in Cambodia. And so they killed everyone who was learned, all the doctors, all the teachers, all the politicians. Politicians are not always learned, but you get the idea. But they just killed everybody that had any kind of influence, all the leaders, everybody. All the people of a certain age, they just killed them off. And they took all the people from the city and they stuck them out in the country and told them, you're farmers now. People who had never farmed before, you're farmers now. And many people, so they, first off, they killed all the, as a whole bunch of people. And then people died from starvation and died from all kinds of stuff because they just didn't know how to feed themselves and do the things they needed to do. And it was this terrible tragedy that happened across the whole nation. And that was, I think, 50 years ago or so. And when we went there... We, we went to Cambodia 10 years ago, and you can still see the effects of this gigantic trauma that happened against a nation. And oh God, we long for healing for Cambodia. That this generational trauma that is in the DNA of the Cambodian people would be healed. The people that saw their parents and their grandparents and their teachers and their doctors and their leaders killed would be healed. We long for the healing of the nations. There is so much in this world that needs the healing touch of Jesus. Needs the healing touch of Jesus. God heals. Jesus came so that we might be wholly healed. Now we struggle. Of course we do. We struggle in the middle space where we see some healings happen and we see other healings not happen. We struggle in that space. And I have and I will preach about this middle space again, this space in the middle where we long for healings that may never occur. I will preach about that again at some time, but that's not what we're preaching on today. 
Today, what we're preaching on is we're trying to stir up a hunger. Stir up a hunger to see healing in our time. Stir up a hunger to see healing in our time. See, we're, we're in danger because we've, we've been in places where we've not seen healing happen. We've begun to make a theology based upon what we didn't see happen. Not what Scripture says. Scripture clearly says that Jesus came to, to heal. Clearly. In fact, he commissions his disciples to continue on his work, and we are disciples of Jesus. We are called to continue to walk and to go out there and to, to see healing happen. But we're in danger sometimes of when we don't see something happen that, that we know God desires to happen, we're in danger of making a theology of what we see as a lack. And it distracts us and brings us away from what we should be leaning into. We're in danger of becoming distracted and stagnant and ineffective in the world. We're in danger of becoming blind to the need that our world has for healing. And so we, we cry out, Jesus, wake up compassion in our hearts. Wake up a hunger and a thirst in us to seek out healing in this world. Are you hungry to see the healing of Jesus today? To see people healed and set free? Are you hungry for that? Now, some will say, if God wants someone healed, he will heal them. God's big enough to do this without me. I'm not needed. God can just do it on his own. Have you heard that before? Have you thought that before? I don't need to do anything. God will just do it on his own. If God wants it done, he'll just do it. Some people won't even pray for healing to happen because they think it is too bold a prayer. And we're actually called to be humble. It's too bold to pray for healing. I should just be quiet. Now, all of this, of course, is not biblically accurate. You and I are pivotal to bringing healing to our world. God wants to heal in this world. We don't always understand it, and sometimes things don't go the way we hope that they would. But you, are, you and I are pivotal in God's plan to bring healing to the world. You see, whenever we begin to think that if God wants it done, he'll just do it himself, we misunderstand the way that God works. God is not a God that just zaps things. God is a God who works relationally. You know, God could have just from the heavens just called out and said, hey, hey everybody, if you want salvation, you need to believe in me. But what did he do instead? He sent his son, Jesus, relationally to come and meet with us. If God wanted to, to proclaim his message throughout the whole Old Testament, if he wanted to proclaim his message to the people, he could have just shouted it from the mountaintop. But no, he chose people like Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah. Because our God is a relational God who wants to use his people to spread his message. And we see all through Scripture that that's how God works. When God wants to speak to people, when he wants to meet with people, when he wants to bring healing to the world, how does he do it? He does it through you guys. He does it through you guys. From Moses rescuing the people of Israel in the Old Testament to the disciples being commissioned to go out into the world declaring the kingdom of God, healing the sick and freeing those from demonic torment, God uses ordinary people to proclaim his message to the world. To bring sozo to the world. 
Now, it's not by our power, of course. We don't go out in our own power. No prophet of God, no, no, no messenger of Jesus ever goes out into the world saying, I came up with this all by myself. We are used by Jesus to reveal the power of God to the world through the power of Jesus Christ. Do you remember Peter and John? Soon after Jesus left, at the beginning of the book of Acts, Peter and John go to the temple, and this amazing thing happens. Look, I'm going to read it here. It's a little bit of a longer passage, but here's what happens. In Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, him, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Just a couple verses later, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? And just a couple verses later, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Peter and John healed this lame man not by their own power, by Jesus' power, but it was by their action. They could have just kept walking past this man. They had the power of Jesus within them to bring healing to this man. They could have just kept on walking. But there was something that stopped them. Maybe they heard the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were filled with compassion. Whatever it was, they stopped at that moment and turned and realized that this man was about to be healed. And they spoke healing over this man, and he was healed. God wants to use you to reveal the power that, he, that is in him, the power of Jesus Christ to this world so that people will know who Jesus is. Now, in this example from Acts, this amazing thing happens. So Peter and John are able to heal this lame man. The lame man goes with Peter and John into the temple. Peter and John get to preach this amazing gospel message to the people that are watching. And, and Peter finishes his message by saying this in Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This all happened to be able to bring glory to Jesus, to tell people about who Jesus was. Jesus came to save spiritually and physically and deliver us from demonic torment. And all of this is done because of the compassion of God and through us, through us, ordinary people, so as to draw people to Jesus so that the world will know that there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Are you hungry 
for our world to experience the healing of Jesus Christ. For our friends and our family and our communities to experience whole person healing. If we as the church of Jesus look around us and we just say, nah, it's not my problem. I'm not hungry for healing in my life. I'm not hungry for healing in my friends' lives. I'm not hungry for healing in my community. I'm fine. I'm good. If we look around and say that we're not hungry for healing, then we might as well just close up shop and go home. The followers of Jesus Christ are here on this earth for a purpose, to be used by God to speak the good news of Jesus, that he came to save, that he came to bring healing to this world, spiritual, physical, and deliverance healing. It's the job that we've been commissioned to do. It's a job that we've been commissioned to do, to go into the world and declare the good news of Jesus. Jesus, help us to be hungry for healing. Help us to be hungry for healing. We're going to do something a little different today. If you're here or you're listening online and you're not a follower of Jesus, yet Jesus came to save. There's no other name under heaven by which we might be saved except by Jesus Christ. So if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, become one. (laughs) Become a follower of Jesus. He loves you. He loves you so much. And he's calling out to you to follow him. Turn your heart to Jesus. That, that verse, that first verse, one of the first verses that we read today out of Romans chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So do that now. If you're listening online, if you've not become a follower of Jesus yet, do that now. Declare with your mouth, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Believe in your heart. Yes, I believe you, God. I believe that you raised your son from the dead. Become a follower of Jesus today. Yes, I want to be your follower, Jesus. If you do that today, would you let us know? Because we want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you. We want to walk with you through this. Let us know if you've given your life to Jesus today. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, but you're not hungry for healing, your heart might need some healing. And I know that might sound a little forward of me to say if you're not hungry, then maybe you need the healing. But Jesus is hungry for healing. And he's commissioned us to be hungry for healing. So when we pray in a moment, I invite you, if you're not hungry for healing today, when we pray in a moment, I invite you just to ask Jesus, make me hungry for healing. Make me hungry for healing. And for those who are hungry for healing... What is Jesus drawing your attention to? Earlier I asked you, what is he placing on your heart? Where do you see the need for healing around you? If it's for you, maybe you need some healing. If it's for your friend or your family, maybe they need some healing. If it's for your community or society, we know. We know our community needs some healing. What is God laying upon your heart right now? What is Jesus laying upon your heart right now that needs healing? Just think about that for a moment. Just be quiet for a moment and listen. What is Jesus laying on your heart right now that needs healing? Did you know that God is big enough to heal all those things? He's big enough to heal all those things. 
His healing power is not going to run out. There is no lack in God. Now, it may not turn out the way we had hoped. We don't understand why some are healed and some are not. But if he's laying it on your heart for someone to be healed, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to pray for that person. Be hungry for healing today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray for society and for our community. Pharaoh's going to come up now. And she's going to play some background worship music. And I want us to do something a little different. We're going to pray out loud. Now, I know not everybody is comfortable with praying out loud. And if it really is something that you don't feel like you can do, try praying really quietly under your breath. <laughs> We're going to try to make the music loud enough to where people won't be able to easily listening, listen to you. And hopefully we're all going to be praying anyway, so we won't be listening to each other. But I want to see if we can all pray out loud today. Even if those of you at home, wherever you are right now, put, put down the breakfast dishes, settle the kids down, sit, and we're going to pray out loud together. And I want you at home to pray out loud as well. If you're driving in your vehicle and listening to this, this message later, keep your eyes open, <laughs> but pray out loud. And we're just going to take like 30 seconds to pray out loud together. To be able to just bring these things to the throne room. And I don't know who you're going to pray for. Maybe, maybe there's a friend. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's a family member you're going to pray for. You're just going to say, Jesus, I'm just praying for that person to just be released from torment. To be released from cancer. To be released from heartache and loneliness and depression. We're just going to pray for 30 seconds, something like that. Maybe it's society. God, I want to pray today that our community would be healed, that racism would be gone, that the nations would be healed, that our peoples would be united. Or maybe you're going to pray for the church. Jesus, I pray today you bring healing to the church, that we would no longer be divided and distracted and discouraged and lost. I don't know what you're going to pray for today, but I want to encourage you to come together. Let's pray out loud for 30 seconds and just lift up whatever the Lord has placed upon your heart. So why don't we just do that now? So just wherever you're at, just 30 seconds, begin to pray. Are you hungry for healing? God wants to use you to bring healing to the world. So how are you going to let him do that? So my challenge to you this week is that you'll go through this week hungry for healing and watch for the opportunity that you have to pray for healing to happen. We're going to have some prayer people here um, in just a moment that can pray with you. If there's someone you want to come forward and pray with, uh, whether it's for healing or something else, whether it's for yourself or you just want someone to join with you to pray for somebody else, the prayer people will be up here at the front. And I also fully expect this week that we're going to see some healing happen. Whenever God's people get hungry for healing and begin to go out and look for opportunities to pray for healing, I fully expect we're going to see that this week. So we want to hear your stories. So if you have a testimony this week, if you see healing come, whether it'll be physical or spiritual or, or deliverance or societal or whatever it is, if you see some healing happen, please call us, email us, come chat with us and let us know. 
We'd love to have a chance next week to share some stories of healing, if you can share those with us. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we are excited about the possibility of seeing the good news of Jesus Christ raised up, that people will experience the fullness of what Jesus came to bring. Jesus, don't let us get discouraged when we don't see it happen the way that we expect it to happen. Lord, help us to be encouraged every time we see your name proclaimed, your name brought high, and your people stepping out in boldness. Help us to be encouraged, Lord, as we see your kingdom established and moved this week. God, help us to to hold very loosely to the outcomes, but hold very tightly to your promises. Help us, Lord, to lean into what you have for us. Make us aware of opportunities we have to pray for healing for our friends, our family, our society. Help us, Lord, to be bold in those moments to pray. And God, we give you, we give you all the glory for what's going to happen. We give you all the honor and the praise for what's going to happen. And we trust you in your faithfulness. We trust your will in this. But God, help us to be filled with boldness and with a hunger to see healing. May you be honored and glorified, Jesus, by all that we say and we do this week. Let us pray, church, again, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of God over each and every one of us, that we will be filled to the fullness of what you have for us, Jesus, and that we would go out from here and go out this whole week in your power and in your direction. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in your powerful, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.